So the big question is this, how do value-obsessed leaders ascend their business and life to world-class levels of effectiveness, even if they're inside a bureaucracy or starting from scratch with absolutely no capital? That is the question, and this podcast is going to bring you the answer. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is the Terminal Value Podcast. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Jeremy Stretton with us today, and we're going to be talking about the legal aspects of running a business. And what Jeremy had talked about in the pre-interview, and we are going to be uh, take extra diligence to ensure that the podcast stays lively and entertaining, because unfortunately, legal can sometimes be a little bit of a dry topic. Uh, so Jeremy, uh, take a minute to introduce yourself. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Uh, so, yeah, as, as you said, my, my name is Jeremy Shredden. I'm a lawyer. I'm from Australia, uh, but I have a business uh, that I uh, that's called the Business Legal Lifecycle, which is about making legal advice accessible to uh-huh. SMEs around the world and really giving people the education and knowledge to be able to understand what they need to do from a legal perspective yeah. in, the, in their business. And I, you know, thank you for having me on the show today. Yeah. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And uh, well, so let's just kind of dive into a couple examples, because in the pre-show, we were talking a little bit about intellectual property. And I think that can be an area that's a little tricky for people to understand, because, you know, so in other words, finding out, okay, when, you know, at what point does intellectual property have protection? And then what do you have to do in order to actually protect it? And um, I was going to say, when I say people wonder about that, what I mean is I wonder about that. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a question a lot of people ask, Doug. So um, and, and to keep it interesting, I might tell a few stories. Um, oh, please um, do. But yeah, um, I think I think the first thing to realize is, is there are different types of intellectual property. So yeah. uh, th- you might have heard of copyright. So yeah. copyright is, uh, say you've published a blog or a book like my book, uh, yeah. you have copyright in the material of what you produce. So the actual, yeah. what, what we call the expression of the work. So say I'll use my book in, as an example. I've got copyright and I own the copyright in the book. Yeah. or a blog post or whatever else. Yeah. I don't own the idea itself. You can't protect ideas. You can only protect the expression of the idea. Okay. Uh, so so, so a, a common misconception people have is that, you know, if, yeah, if you've, if you've written something, then people, people think that they own the idea behind that. And that's oh. just not the case because you, you just can't own the, own the idea. It's got to be the expression of that idea. Gotcha. So that's why so many people can have similar you know, content out there on the internet or, you know, because, because basically there's nothing we can do to protect that. Yeah, well, so and because the- also you think, right, there's only so many good ideas out there. I mean, <laughs> you know, all, you know all, almost all of the information publishers out there, there is usually some, some different spin or some different angle on a surprisingly small number of core ideas. But that, I think that makes sense. Yeah, and I think I always like to think of yeah, we've got access to so much data these days. There's so much information on the internet, yeah. um, and my um, a line I like to think of um, that I heard my business coach say once was, yeah, it's not the idea that's unique; it's the or where the value is. The value is in your implementation of the idea. So, yes. so, so remember that, and and um, and and that's what the law protects as well. Uh, yeah. Otherwise. Yeah, there wouldn't be there wouldn't be that many people in business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna say because yeah, otherwise you'd have a lot of litigation going on. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So so copyright, I think that's that's probably where the biggest misconception comes. The second one I think is around trademarks. So yeah. the trademark is the the uh, 
the, the brand of your business. It could be your name, yeah. it could be your logo, it could be your logo and name. And a lot of people uh, don't realize that you don't actually have to register your trademark to get protection. You actually have protection in your name before you register it. And oh, uh, one of the one of the things that, that you know, the correct, in inverted commas, legal advice is when you start the business, you should uh, register the trademark straight away. And I actually disagree with that uh, because I don't think it's commercially viable to do that. People, you know, they start businesses. Everyone's got an idea. Yeah, you can in this in this day and age, you can start a business with an idea, an internet connection, and a laptop. Yeah, <laughs> um, you, you, two you out of three. <laughs> yeah, or two out of three. So. Um, <laughs> And, and, and so what I find is that people who go and register that trademark early, they haven't proven their business. They haven't done anything to make sure that this is what they want to do. And invariably, when they register their trademark early, they actually then go and change it. And they might spend a few thousand dollars on doing that, yeah. that they don't really have. It's like money that they don't, that, that could be best yeah. off spent somewhere else. So, so I see that what you want to do is, and, and when you look at the business legal life cycle as a concept, there are 13 phases and phase five is protecting intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And it's quite deliberately at that point, Doug, because you, you know, phase one is when you conceive the idea. Phase two is startup. Phase three is initial clients. Yeah. Phase four is bringing on employees. And basically the reason it's phase five is by the, by the time that you've started your business, got some team members, you're proving your business model. You know that there's something there that's worthwhile protecting. So you register your trademark at that point in time, uh, once you've got a, a yeah. viable business. If I, yeah, it, it, the amount of times that I've had people come to me, register their trademark. I was going to say if I had a dollar for every time, but I'd probably have a couple of thousand dollars for every time someone's registered a trademark at the beginning and then changed it. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's not a viable business opportunity. So, you know, the, there's lots of little misconceptions yeah. around, around um, especially intellectual property, that we're trying to bust those myths so that people can understand what they need to do and yeah. what, what value they need to bring to their business. Well, and because uh, one of the things that, that I'd kind of wonder, or I'd love to get your perspective on, is when you're talking about, say, like, you know, registering trademarks, taking other legal actions to try to protect your intellectual property. Um, kind of my, my view on a business is that the real value in a business isn't in the IP so much as it is within your customer list and your relationship with the customer list. And so that if somebody knocks off your IP, but they don't have a listening relationship, they're going to struggle to monetize it. I mean, am I being overly simplistic here? No, not at all. You're, and you're 100% right. It's like my concept of the business legal life cycle. You know, yeah. you can, someone could copy that and they could go and do it, but they don't have any idea about how I'm going about to implement it and how I'm yeah. trying to expand that around the world and, yeah. and make legal advice yeah. accessible. For yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I could say, hey, I have a legal business life cycle. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and but I don't have your customer it. base. I don't have, you know, I don't have your relationship. I don't, you know, I, I you know, I don't have your email background. I, you know, I don't have your sales funnels. I'm, I could copy and, the name and not have anything close to a business. And, and that's, that's right. The only thing is that like, what, what I'd say, that, that's very true in the, in the first few years of having a business, as you get a bit more on and, and you want to start thinking about setting it up to exit, then that's when you want to start protecting the IP. Gotcha. Yeah, you want to, you know, a business is more valuable when it's not reliant on you and when your intellectual property is protected. So yeah, when you're starting to think about those things, uh, then that's why you, you want to start to think about protecting it at that point in time. Because, Doug, everyone in business at some point will, will exit their business, whether it's by yes. choice, 
by bad circumstance or you know for, for another reason they will exit so you want to yeah. you know, definitely early on it's all about you and the relationships but as you as you build and grow and scale a business then that's when you want to start thinking about those kind of protections well and this reminds me of a uh, you know a real estate uh, conference i was at a number of years ago um you know where, where of course you know the topic of asset protection came up and you know the the, the prevailing wisdom was well you know Get some assets to protect before you start worrying about it. <laughs> very, very true. Yeah, you know, don't go spin up a whole you know, don't go spin up a whole bunch of LLCs and LPs and all this kind of stuff before you have assets to protect. If you know, if you don't have a lot of you know, if you don't have a lot of business value yet, you don't probably need to worry too much about your IP protection. Uh, but you know, as you said, as you start getting closer to being uh, to, to wanting to sell, then it becomes more of a uh, you know, more of a concern. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, you know, and it's at that point as you're starting to get more assets to actually protect that you need to get the advice about what yeah. you need to do. And the but the key to getting that advice properly and the right advice for you is to educate yourself. And that's that's what we're what we're doing is we're providing yeah. education so that the uh, as a business owner, you can go in, you can read the book, you can look at our resources, we have an education course as well. Yeah. And you can become knowledgeable about what you need to do so yeah. that you can go and see your lawyer or attorney whatever yeah they're, they're the same thing solicitor um, they're all the same thing you can go and see them I, I, I was about to say i'm like okay so the legal system in australia must <laughs> must have some some unique characteristics <laughs> no not, not at all but but so long as you understand what you're going to do then and why you're going to do that then yeah. um, that's that's where you'll get the best value and and really yeah you, i hear business owners all the time and i do i do a bit of coaching and i'm involved in a bunch of groups and yeah. people go oh i'll just let the lawyers sort that out well i'm sorry but the buck stops with you at the end of the day as, as yeah. a business owner and you need to know these things so that you get the right advice from the lawyer otherwise yeah the lawyer can't give you the right advice if you don't know what you're talking yeah. about well and because so, so yeah my um, uh, my, my career has predominantly been in finance, but I've also spent quite a bit of time around you know, information technology, doing program management. And the way that I'm thinking about it, it's like, okay, you know, if I bring a vendor in to do a project, I don't just tell their project manager, okay, you handle it because they'll just rack up an unlimited amount of billable hours. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you still need to be on it. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, yeah, otherwise, you're, uh, otherwise the, your, uh, your cost is just going to spiral out of control. Absolutely. And even, and even if your lawyer is charging your fixed fee, it's still going to be a much better process if you, if you yeah. know what you're doing and what you're talking about. Precisely. 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 All right. Well, let's see. So yeah, we've, uh, uh, you know, we've started to cover intellectual property. We've covered some of the phases. Uh, what are some of the other, uh, other, I guess you'd say either, uh, if you're if you're an, if you're a glass half full optimist, where, you know what, what are some of the other uh, key aspects to uh, to to keep in mind? Or if you're a glass half empty type person, what are some of the pitfalls to avoid? I think that they're, they're very similar. Before we before we started recording, we were talking about structures and yeah. you know, what what's the right structure for the person. Yeah. And you know, in in this kind of podcast, we can't really answer what's the right what, what's the mm -hmm. right um, structure for you. The, what you've got to start with, and I think what most people miss out, and I think quite frankly, most lawyers miss out too, yeah. is actually thinking about what's the reason behind what you're doing. So I'm, I'm very big on you know uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective yeah. People. Most people have heard that. Number two is start with the end in mind. Uh -huh. um, I have a, a slightly different take on that. I say start up with an end in mind, uh, and the reason the reason for that is that yeah you know, most people have no idea where they want to be in 
two years, let alone 10 years. You know, and if you told me 10 years ago when I started my law firm that I'd be doing podcasts and be traveling around the world and talking about you know, legal what advice. What a podcast, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, but know that to, to get the right advice and the right structure at the beginning, whether it's an LLC you know, or, yeah. or a corporation in, in the US, whether it's a, a what we call a proprietary limited company here or mm -hmm. a limited liability partnership in, in England, they're all the same thing. And they yeah. all have different. They all have different nuances, and the right one for you won't be the right one for me necessarily. Yeah. But the, the right one for you will be what will be the best structure to take you towards your goal as it is at that at that point in time. And so, being really clear about what you want to take 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 the business, knowing that it will change. It, it, yeah. Like I used to say, it might change. It will change. Yes. <laughs> I've worked with yeah. enough business owners to know that's the case. But really. You know, from, from a good and a bad point of view, it's really understanding what is that, what, what, what's that direction that you want to head to? Yeah. And then making sure that every, all the legal decisions that you're making and really all the business decisions that you're making, but especially the legal decisions are all towards that, that um, end goal. You know, if you want to start up the business and list it in, a, a, in, yeah. a, in the stock exchange, that's a very different business to one that you want to trade for the next 20 years or 100 years or yeah. whatever, whatever it is. So, so really for me, uh, you know, thinking about the structures and where, what you're doing begins with that question. What is it that you want to try and achieve? Uh -huh. And that way then go forward. And, and frankly, Doug, most lawyers don't ask that question. And that's something that we're, that we're changing around the world. We, we want to change so that the actual questions are asked so that the right, the right decisions are made going forward. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, well, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think that, that it's really good advice. You know, and I think, you know, things like your legal structure and your IP protection, you know, they're not the, um, you know, they're, they're, I don't, I don't want to say they're, they're not as sexy, but you know, they're, they're, they're I mean, I guess I just did, but you know, they're, they're not considered they're as, they're not considered as cool as like, okay, you know, you know, how do you market your business to grow a thousand percent? Oh, that's so awesome. I'm going to go do that. But it's still something that has to be done. And it's something where, you know, you do need to put some thought into it. And, you know, I think that's the thing is that, you know, there's, you know, especially if you're running a business, there's going to be any number of things where you have to put some thought into it. And, you know, in, in a lot of cases, you know, if it's not your specialty, which, you know, unless you're running a legal focused business, it is most likely that legal will not be your the specialty, be your specialty. It's usually a good idea to bring in somebody who has specialty in that area so that they can help guide you through the process. You know, ideally somebody that you trust, so, you know, they're not going to just run the clock on you and, yeah. and, and rack up a giant bill that's right and, and just go back to what you said before it's not sexy it, it, it let's own the fact that it's not right yeah but, uh, and and reducing your legal risks and being proactive with your legal advice which is what where we want people to do because we know it saves their money in saving the money it's like insurance you don't yeah. necessarily ever see the savings that you're making down the track you, you, yeah. you don't know that by documenting an, uh, your agreement say you know, you're starting up with your business and you're documenting an agreement with a with a client uh, yeah. that you, you want to document it as it is now because that relationship might be different in two years time yeah you, you don't you don't see the savings right but yeah there's enough examples and and everyone's heard the horror stories of people who didn't have have things done the right way that to know that you've got to be proactive on those things to save the money and it's, it's actually one of the hardest things in what I'm doing yeah. uh, to get that message out to the world because, you know, it isn't the sexy, you know, marketing plan that's going to bring in a million dollars worth of revenue tomorrow. Yeah. Well, if, if anyone tells you that, then that's not true either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, not the, it, it's not that, but it's there to save you. And as I said earlier, at some point you're going to exit your business 
And normally when someone comes to us and they want to exit their business dog, they, they're two years away from having it in the correct space yeah. ready to go. But they don't usually have two, two years. They usually yeah, exactly. have two months. And yeah, so yeah. this is about protecting yourself and setting yourself up for that in the future. Yeah, well, and uh, precisely. Well, and there was one of the things you brought up that I think is important to, to think about also, which is that, uh, right, you know, it, you know it, it's easy to kind of ignore things that don't happen. But when you set things up properly so that you have catastrophe, you can avert future catastrophes, that has real value. You just don't necessarily see it because it doesn't happen. Yeah, precisely. And that's, and that's why knowledge, you know, whilst it might seem scary, it might seem out of reach. Uh, everything we do is deliberately in plain English so that people can understand exactly what they need to know. And that's, I mean, that's why we're doing what we're doing. <laughs> Got it. Got it. All right. Well, uh, well yeah, uh, give us a few, uh, just a couple of, uh, you know, just a couple extra nuggets to, uh, uh, to, you know, to, to think of before we conclude. And then make sure to let everybody know where they can find out a little more. And because yeah, uh, um, I, I know you, you mentioned that you had a you have like an assessment uh, for so people can see their legal risk. I think that'd be great to share with people. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I, I kind of mentioned it before, and that's around agreements. It's probably uh -huh. the, 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 the little nugget I'll leave people with. It, yeah, whether it's with your clients or whether it's with your team members when you bring on team members, most not most, a lot of the time people when they when they engage clients or or, or employees, they just do it on a handshake. And that's all good because you want to just start doing it early on. I really encourage people to not do that. Make sure that you document any agreement that yeah. you've got um, so that you understand the terms and the other side understands the terms of what, what's actually been yeah. agreed. Uh, otherwise, everyone you know just goes into, into a relationship thinking what they thinking they, that they know what yeah. the other side wants. And you know, it, it's always different. <laughs> it's yeah. like, always different. So yeah. doc, document your agreements is a super important um, yeah. thing that I think people and, should do. Well, and and I think and one of the things that I would say too is that as the size of the agreement goes up, the amount of documentation should go go up too. So you know, like for example, you know, if you're you know, if, if you're setting something up that's only going to be worth like say hundred hundred and fifty dollars, you probably don't need a ton of documentation. On the other hand, you know, if you have a you know five hundred thousand dollar contract, you might not want to do that on a handshake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and and so you want to have it as as robust and as as much to yeah. protect you as you can, and you know, take it to your lawyer. And, yeah. and talk to them, get them to explain it to, to you. Uh, and, and, you know, if you've got questions, don't just make assumptions. You know what they say about assumptions? Well, at least what they say in Australia. Are yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they say the same thing in the US or, or, or at least that's, that's what I always used to say. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, it, you know it, it may be considered less than totally family appropriate. So I won't, I won't go through the whole, but let's just say it's, you know, a, you know let's just say, yeah, yeah. Spell out assume, break, it's an break, acronym. <laughs> break assume out into three words, you'll, you'll know what we mean. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, so definitely do that. Um, and as far as um, if people want to find out more about it, so we have a, an, an online um, uh, assessment that you can yeah. do of, of your business. It, it only takes 10 minutes. It asks 30 questions. And as I said, the, the life cycle is 13 phases. And what it does is by answering those questions, it identifies where your business is in the life cycle. It yeah. tells you what you're missing 
um, say, say you're in phase five intellectual property. It, yeah. It'll find you there and it'll tell you what you're missing there. It will tell you what you've missed from the previous four phases of the, of the life cycle and also what you need to do for the future. Uh, and that's a, a resource that uh, we won the, so I live in Brisbane, Australia, uh, yeah. and Brisbane is the capital of the state of Queensland, <laughs> just okay. to explain it to the listeners. And we won the Queensland Law Society Innovation Law Award a couple of years ago for this tool. Oh, nicely what, done. Yeah, thank you. It, it was it was kind of gave us the impetus to go around the world with it uh, because it's something that, that's very useful for yeah. people. Um, and, and what it does is it, it provides about $1,000 worth of legal value for $97. No, that's and, excellent. Uh, as a thank you for having us on there, we, we give the listeners a 50% discount on that. Uh, and to get that, if you if the listeners go to businesslegallifecycle.com slash terminal value, right. uh, they'll, they'll find a special landing page that we've put together uh, just for this podcast as a thank you for having us on there. There's there's the code for uh, and the instructions on how to do that and also some other free resources uh, that people want to find. Outstanding. Well, Jeremy, really appreciate your time today. So yeah, that's... Uh... Uh, businesslegallifecycle.com slash terminal value. Did I get that right? Perfect. Yep. First try. So yeah, businesslegallifecycle.com slash terminal value. So yeah, give Jeremy a visit and uh, hope everybody has a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Light, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.